Do you want to hear the greatest story? Yeah, I do. Oh my god, Bon Jovi sound checking. We got to see this. But then we hear um the guy whistling to a microphone. Yeah, it was John, and he goes, "The kids can stay." We're like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> nice. Thanks, thanks, Johnny. It was a small theatre, and we went upstairs, and there was a photo of Dire Straits, who mm. did their very first rock blast there in 1982, oh, wow. which was just so cool. Yeah. So these bikies got in touch with us, give us 500 bucks so you don't get your singer back. <laughs> Holy shit. Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Art of Touring podcast. This is an interview-style podcast where I talk with musicians, performers, and sometimes wrestlers. I am your host, the Sizz Dog. Thanks for joining me. Oh, man, what a wild end to the school term. You may recall last week during the intro, I was talking about the school production. Well, that's all wrapped now, man, and I'm back to the normal teaching schedule uh, this week, but... uh, I have to start um, straight away, straight off the bat, um, with an apology uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, the episode dropping uh, late this week. I'm so sorry. Uh, I just couldn't get it out any earlier this week uh, because even though the production is over, uh, this week was report writing week. So any teachers out there know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, I was burning the candle at both ends, trying to get all my reports done and my marking done. But good news is... They're all done and dusted for another semester, so thank God. Uh, However, there is one other apology I do need to make this week. This is a big one, and that is uh, to the guests I had on for episode 60, Tom and Jim from Sheriff. Boys, I had no idea, uh, but I actually dropped uh, their episode um, with uh, the microphone that Tom was using turned down um, uh, to a lower volume than Jim's and mine as well. So I'm so sorry to everyone who listened to that uh, that week. Um, if you didn't listen uh, to the whole episode because of that, I'm so sorry. Um, uh, I've gone back into the archives from two weeks ago and uh, I've fixed all the audio and um, and uh, all it was, I'd just forgotten to add some compression to Tom's vocal. That's why he was so quiet. So it's all fixed now. You can go back and re-listen or re-download that episode. Um, and you can hear it as it was intended to be heard. So again, so sorry about that, Tom. Uh, but you should be able to hear yourself now, brother. This week, I caught up with music manager Anita Donlan. Anita and I go way back. And we hear some uh, very crazy stories from Anita uh, from her time touring Australia with various bands, including a, an intriguing tale involving uh, the back of Burke, a bull bar, and the male genitalia. But that is all I will say. You'll have to keep listening to find out all about it. Art of Turing is brought to you every single Wednesday, <coughs> Thursday this week, uh, and you can listen uh, to Art of Turing on iTunes or on the Google Podcasts app on your Android device. Um, and remember, Art of Turing is part of the A Lot of Green podcast network. And you can check out all their other awesome podcasts on their network at www.alotofgreen.com.au. There is some coarse language in this week's episode, so if you are listening with kids, it might be a good idea to throw on Tinkerbell and the Great Fairy Rescue. And once they're dropped off at their cello lessons, you can throw Art of Turing back on. Now let's take a moment to hear from this week's sponsor. Episode 62 of Art of Touring is brought to you this week by Date A Palooza. Do you want to have 20 dates in one hour? Then come to Date A Palooza. You never know who you'll meet. Hey, Andy, what are you doing for lunch? Um, I don't know. I have a turkey sandwich. 
We're gonna go around the corner. I think you should come with us. This is a great place. A lot of cute girls. Um, okay. We, we brought you a shirt. This place is uh, pretty fancy. Something going on? Hey, who's ready to have some fun? Hey, guys. Hey, no, don't ignore me. I know what this is. Within one hour, you'll each have 20 dates. Don't, please don't do this. I saw this on Primetime Live. All right, Ninja Master. We've given you all the advice we have to give. Now you gotta put it in action. Advice you guys all give me different advice. He thinks you're a pothead. I am. Dude, dude, hey, 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 partner, partner. Well, what do you whining about? You, you asked for this shit. No, I didn't. Well, you just quit whining like a bitch. I'm not whining like a bitch. You are whining like a bitch. Man, you about to cram like 10 years of pimpage into one day. I don't want to cram pimpage. Partner, after that, you on my level. Come on. Just ask questions. This is a bad idea. <clears throat> Hi, how are you? I'm fine. Are you fine? Yeah. You're fine then. Are you fucking retarded? The hell's the matter with you? Do you want me to be fucking retarded? When I look into the eyes of the children and the parents, and they're smiling and saying, thank you, Dr. Montalban, you saved my child, oh, it's worth it. Amy, what are you doing here? David. And you are Gina? Gina. Hey, what's up? Nothing. Look, I'm gonna be real honest with you. Um, it's been a long time since I've been with a man. Spent a lot of time with uh, the ladies. Looking to get back up on that pogo stick. You know what I'm saying? Excuse me? Just so you know, Art of Turing is hosted by Wooshka. If you'd like to listen on the desktop, you can just Google Art of Turing and follow the links to the Wooshka homepage. Now, let's get into my conversation with Anita Donlan, and I'll see you on the other side. Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Art of Touring podcast. We're sitting here, and it's actually quite a toasty, warm day today in Siriani Studios. We've got the, the $15 target heater going. <laughs> and sitting uh, in front of me is Anita Donlan. How are you, Anita? I'm good, Dave. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I, I got to the gym this morning. I'm, I've had, I didn't. I, you didn't get to the gym. <laughs> I started my day. Well done, you. Yeah, well done, me. <laughs> Queen's birthday, long weekend. You got to do something with your time, right? Yeah. Now I'm doing good. It's good to see you. It's been it's been quite a while since it's, I've seen you. It's been a while. Yeah. Was that your album launch? Yeah. When my car got broken into. Unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. Everything. Where were you parked? Because it was at Cherry Bars. It was at like a long. Um, ACDC Lane somewhere it, there. It was. I can't remember where it was because all I remember is that it was like. Yeah. Yeah. Broken gone. into, gone. Yeah, smashed windows and. Did they actually steal the car or no, just the they, content? they stole content out oh, of my car, man. which isn't the first time, but which has happened. It happened when I was touring out in Outback, New South Wales. Really? In a little town called Burke. Oh, man. Mm. Well, touch wood, my car's never been broken into. I hope it doesn't because, yeah, that would be an awful vibe, oh, man. It's, it, you feel sick. Yeah. And like, you go you down doing, to the cop shop and they go, oh, well, yeah. what was stolen? Oh, oh well. Yeah. Um, really? Yeah. <laughs> Even now with CCTV, you yeah. can't bring up all the. Oh well. It's like in the in the movies where they bring all up the the oh, footage. Oh, we've got it. It's yeah. all here. It's like it doesn't really work like but that. But you, you, you would think you would think that okay in Melbourne that's that's one thing. A lot, lot of more people, but yeah, in Burke, 
I've got a funny story about that. If you yeah. want to hear about it. Yeah, yeah. We were doing a show um, in at uh, a venue in a pub mm. in Burke. And Burke, for anyone that doesn't know where it is, is when they when you hear the the saying "back a Burke." It's because it's back of Burke is like that it's far a, away. It's, yeah, it's in it's in New South Wales. It's outback New South Wales. Yeah. It, it was actually um, in 2012 or 13. That's when it. That's when this happened. It was actually um, named globally as one of the worst socioeconomic areas because it's got high indigenous. Right. And so what happened was is we're standing at the bar of this venue. Yeah. Like, so we pull up out the front. Sweet under lights. Mm. So we've got the guitars. We've got you know all the money from the shows so far. We've got the merch money. We've got the laptops. We've got the bags. We've got got, ev- got everything in there because yeah. we were on our way up up past Longreach. Yeah. And um, yeah, I I'm standing at the bar and I heard this this noise like bottles crashing into a into the dumpster. Mm. And I thought, oh yeah, someone's just gone out and thrown. But it was my car. It was my Being window. Broken into all my windows in my car. Jeez. And it was just a crappy old Commodore station wagon, yeah. you know. And, um, yeah, went out there. Everything was gone. And I went back in and I went, what the? Like, everything's gone. Like, can you call the cops? And they went, oh, they won't do anything. Now, remember, Whoa. it's a high Indigenous, right? Yeah. Anyway, to cut a long story short, it, it was I, stupidly, went walking down the back streets of Burke ah. with my phone, with my torch on, yeah. <laughs> my phone, looking in dumpsters. Next thing, the cop car's coming up the road and they're going, what are you doing? And it's like, I'm hoping that somebody's, like, got something and thrown it in a bin or whatever. And he said, get in the car. He said, you don't, drive, you don't walk around in the middle of the night in Burke. Right. I'm thinking, okay. Meanwhile... The musician that I was touring at the time, yeah. he was inside absolutely freaking. Mm. And um, I went back to the to the venue and the publican says, it's okay, we'll get to the bottom of it. So I'm sweet, no worries. Yeah. Anyway, it turns out that he, he said, oh, look, and I said, we don't have any money to like for accommodation for, I mean, he was providing accommodation, but we couldn't get out there. And Sure. Turns out this guy knock on the door the next morning he says we've got most of your gear back huh i went what did you pay them off or something he goes yeah i had to pay him 250 bucks i'm like you what jeez so he had to pay 250 bucks to this family of where they they knew who took them yeah yeah, yeah. i said mother right who sends her kids youngest one seven to break into cars. cars So I'm thinking, well, this is pretty ratchet, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm ropeable because everything was taken. Yeah. Anyway, when that was, when, when they returned the stuff, they returned my bag, mm. but my stash was still in there. So obviously they weren't into marijuana; they were more into the ice. So that was still there. So I'm like, hey, you ripper! <laughs> Happy days. I'll, I'll be there. I'll be with you in a moment. You'd think and that would be the first thing. Yeah, they'd exactly, grab. exactly. Oh my but gosh. they took the cash. They took the camera. Yeah. They they took all the charges and all the rest of it. Jeez. Anyway, I I I settled down the crew, and anyway, we ended up uh, the next morning. We had to go to the supermarket to get like the toothbrush, the toothpaste and mm. some Panadol and, you know, just, just stuff. Yeah. And we took turns in looking after the car because we're thinking, fucking hell, you know, like we've, we've, got, we've got this whole up the top end of Queensland, Central, Central West Queensland tour coming up. Like yeah. we'll, surely we'll find a wrecker somewhere. Yes. Surely we'll find somewhere that's got some windows and whatever. So Fix in the meantime, we've wrapped the car up with beer, 
cartons and, and yeah. gaffer, gaffer tape. Gaffer tape. <laughs> the oh. musician's best friend. Yeah. And this little kid comes up to me and he goes, oh, missus, are you the one who had your car broken into? And I felt like, oh, you fucking idiot. What? You know, I, I, I don't drive around with my car looking like this. Yeah. And he goes, oh, I told them that they were naughty. And I said, told who they were naughty? He said, oh, my brothers. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so you know who did it? Yeah. Yeah. I said, oh, where do you live? And he goes, oh, three houses down from, from the pub. Right. I'm thinking, Ripper, Nate's going to be on to this. Oh, gosh. So I go down to the cop shop. We all come out of the supermarket and all the rest of it. We go down to the cop shop. Yeah. And I walk in and I said, hey, I found out who's done this. Yeah. <clears throat> and they went, oh, yeah, we know because, you know, that, that's what they do. Yeah. And he goes, what the hell? And it's like, well, what are you going to do about it? And they said, well, we can't do anything about it something and stuff this. So I go out back down to the venue. By this time they were open. Yeah. <clears throat> and we're totally behind behind the time. Like we should have been gone and out dodging ruse by this time. Right. And I walk in and I said to the guy, um, well, are you going to press charges? And his words to me were, I don't want my place burnt down. Yeah, right. I'm like, are you kidding me? Jeez. And then there was another person there, another another lady, lady and general, and, and her husband was there, and they were explaining that that's why when they call back a burke, back a burke is where white people go. And I know in in this day and age we've got to be you know sensitive to non-reflective people and all the rest of it. But yeah. in this case, okay, no, right? It's like you go to Burke, do not stop in Burke, huh. keep going, yeah. go over the bridge, yeah. And if you're going to stay in Burke, you stay in the back of Burke. Okay. Where the Aboriginals aren't allowed to go, and that's right. where you'll find the caravan park, and there's a little, there's the river, and jeez, <clears> what <throat> year was this? Uh, 2012. Oh, okay, far mm. out, man. So, so we ended up having this whole tour, and yeah. I, I mean, it was the only time that I thank God that there was a drought, mm -hmm. right? Because it didn't rain, because mm. the whole time the car was like, yeah, yeah, you didn't have to worry about dust. <laughs> The water and, getting in. Yeah, and we ended up, uh, the, 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 the deal was, was that we had to go, um, uh, we went up past, up past Longreach and then back down again. Mm. And we were making our way to Sydney um, because at that time I was working with Alan Barnes, Jimmy, Jimmy Barnes and Swanee's younger brother. Mm. And um, we, uh, we ended up in Sydney. We, we couldn't find a window anywhere. There was no, <laughs> no just, a good old, just a good old Commodore yeah, stock, stock you'd standard. think you'd be able to find it. Yeah, no, we were looking in paddocks, we were looking in backyards, we were thinking, oh, you know, someone will take a cart and a beer for a, a window. Yeah, no. Nah. Nah. So we drove all the way into Sydney. Yeah. And the whole time didn't rain. Jeez. And we ended up getting O'Brien's to come in and replacing the two windows. Man. That is a wild story, Anita. It's We've certainly... <laughs> um, we're off to the races for the, the first story today on the Art of Touring. So anyway, yeah, that was the last time that I saw you was at your yeah. album launch, and my car got broken, broken down. into. But that was the that was the uh, that was the first time your car got broken into, and then two years later, sure yeah. enough, in Melbourne, it got broken into again. It's pretty sad. Well, we'll we'll rewind a little bit, and I'll ask you um, where you where you grew up and uh, where you were born. Where are you I was, from? I was born in Glenelg in South Australia. Right. Pretty good footy team. Yeah. And. Um, <laughs> and then I, then I transferred over to Carlton. But anyway, yeah. I never lived in Carlton. So um, I actually grew up at a, in a small town on yeah. the Adelaide Plains called Malala. Right. Um, all of 380-odd people when I moved there, mm -hmm. when I was 10. Yeah. And um, then we lived on a farm. Yes. There's a whole story that goes with that. 
How many people were in your family? Um, myself, my brother, yep. and my mummy and my daddy. Just the two kids, the mum and the dad, yep. living on a farm. Yeah. Yeah, right, yep. up in, in Adelaide. Yeah, we moved from leafy Adelaide Hills. Yeah. And we moved down to dry, barren, cereal-growing, <laughs> hot northerly wind in summer. Right. Malala. Yeah. So anyone, anyone who's listening to this, um, the Malala Raceway. Is, is famous for all the motorheads. Right. And, uh, but back in the day, it was actually an airfield. Ah. And Victoria Nichols from Sale of the Century. She grew up there. As well. She was there for a few years. And I had my 18th birthday in the old mess hall. Oh, yeah. There. And yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't used back then. It was all pigeons. Yeah. And, but we used to go in there and ride our motorbikes and all that stuff. shoot the pigeons with our little guns. <laughs> And my, my 18th was actually crashed by uh, by um, some chaps in leathers and oh, like bikies. bikies. Yeah, right. I, I, I told a couple of my mates do not turn up because yeah, the other network won't like it. Yeah, and right. Of course, they did. They showed up. Jeez. <laughs> and so, um, what brought you into the the music game? Was there any musicians in your family? Um, I I used to play the drums many years ago, mm-hmm. but I worked out that I was better on the business side of it than yep. drumming. Yeah. And um, I basically fell into it by default. Right. Um, I was asked if I wanted to go and be a roadie and just to help out mm-hmm. um, at the Adelaide Uni Bar. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, You were studying at the time? No. I actually left school when I was 15. Right. I did, I did my apprenticeship as a chef. Oh, really? And I went and I actually left school to work in our local bakery ah. at 15. When I was offered the job. Yes. And I thought I was just to stack fridges and I, they said, no, 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 we want, we, we would like to offer you an apprenticeship. Yeah. And then three months later they went broke. So my parents said, you've got to go back to school. And I'm mm. like, and I did music at school, obviously. And I went, yeah, no, I can't. And mum said, why? And I said, because I kind of like gave the bird to the principal the day I left. And right. I really think it's a good idea that I go back. Ah. So I, I ended up picking up my apprenticeship at uh, Roseworthy Agricultural College. Okay. And I was there, and then I went back and I bought the bakery that I left school to work in when I was 18. You bought it? I bought it. <laughs> how, is you, yeah. how is this possible well, as it, an 18-year-old? It was, it was up for sale. so Right. Yeah. And I, you'd saved enough money to buy a property. Oh, I had a little bit of help. From, oh, okay, from, from the father. folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're like, well, let's go into business yeah. for ourselves. Let's do a bakery no, thing. No, no. Well, they actually, they moved six months later. They moved to Bendigo and bought three hotels. Your folks did? Yeah. Oh, right. And, and left bought, you and there to run the bakery? No, well, I bought it. It was my own, it was my own, it was my own baby. Okay. Yeah. And of course, I couldn't go because I was madly in love, supposedly. Yes, yes. With my ex-husband. And uh, I bought four blocks of land for 500 bucks. Yeah, right. Each. Yeah. And I was in the process of building a house and stupidly planning a wedding. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, so we ended up, I, yeah, I was asked if I, back, God, I was 14, 15. Yeah. Adelaide Uni Bar, little little band called the Ferris Brothers, mm-hmm. supporting a band. I think it was the the Eurogliders. I think it was. Right. And um, I got a taste. Yeah. And that was for the, it. for the manage for the managing gig. Well, as roadie, really. As a roadie, sorry. Because I really had this. I really had this interest in sound, and mm-hmm. and um, you know, I just had this. You know, as at that age, you know, you just yeah. You just hungry and exploring and you know you race into turn on countdown and yeah you know you stand there with the with your with the with the tape recorder and recording it and yes you know and and my cousin she was into boz gags and 
Yeah. Yeah, and all that. I, I distinctly remember. And then, of course, remember. found ELO. I found ELO. Right. Back then, I found ELO, and it was like, that was just magical. That was just like my whole world just opened up. Yeah. And then, of course, David Bowie's influences, his, his whole theatrical started to come through, and because I did a bit of theatre, and mm-hmm. and it's, it's, this whole world, and I really got, I was really getting confused because I loved Kiss. Mm-hmm. You know, I loved I loved Iron Maiden and, you know, Metallica and, and it was just like, well, hang on, I'm really confused here. And then I thought, don't be confused, just enjoy it all. Sure, yeah, yeah. You know, of course, my mum and dad, they, you know, my mum would, you know, listen to, you know, the village people and, yeah. you know, dad would listen to Slim Dusty and I'm thinking, fuck, you know, this is just this amazing world of noise. Yes. So I found, yeah, I found I found my own little niche in, in, um, in, sound and yeah. we had this whole thing happening in, in the whole business world and Yeah. And then I was thinking, hang on a minute and then I then we got into a into a circle as you do. Sure, yeah. And then um hmm, And so who was the first um act that you remember actually going from stepping out of the roadie kind of role and into the managerial role? Lots of independence. Yeah. Yeah, not, uh, way too many to even mention. Okay, um, yeah, really cut your teeth on a lot of independent acts. A lot of, lot of independents. Booking we had, their shows, booking their tours kind of thing. Yeah, and just putting their business models together and finding finding their little niche. And, yep. you know, I, I have I have this saying and, and um, I've had it for years and years and years and I, and, I, and I put it to any business. It doesn't matter if it's music or, you know, selling shoes or, mm-hmm. you know, bakery or whatever, that uh, if, you walk in, if, if you walk into a supermarket – I won't mention any particular supermarket, but if you walk into a supermarket or a shop yeah. and you say, I want socks, I need a pair of socks, yeah. and there's a whole rack of white socks, but in between all of them, there's a green sock, a really nice lime green sock. Yeah. Well, I want that lime green sock because I don't want to wear white socks like everybody else. Sure, yeah. And that's what I try to translate to anyone. It doesn't matter if it's music or you know, any, it doesn't matter if you're making something or selling something. Yeah, you've got to stand out in the crowd, and so I always, I scoured wherever I went mm. for somebody that really, really took my eye. Like, I, like with you, you know, the yeah, pass yeah. outs, and you, you as a solo artist, I gave you quite a few shows. You did, you did. I remember. Um, it's actually one of my favourite stories, and I've, I have, I don't think I've ever mentioned it on the pod before, but. Um, I've mentioned it a lot of times um, in conversation with with friends, um, and 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 it, it was a gig at the Cornish Arms Hotel, and um, it always comes up when we talk about fallback, because the fallback is like you're at the mercy of fallback yep. as a muso, yep. you know, it's his king, you know. And I walked into that venue that that day. I had a rubbish day. I wasn't feeling it. I'm like, oh, I've got to do this gig tonight, you know, whatever. It was. Um, I think it was maybe just my bass player and I don't think even the dr- the drummer was maybe just doing percussion. It wasn't even a full drum kit. It was more like a, an acoustic gig, you know. And I plugged my acoustic guitar in and as soon as I started playing, it just felt amazing. Like I could hear myself for like the first time. Like it was really bizarre. And just that one thing just completely changed my whole like outlook on the mm. show mm. and I had a really good gig. And it just so happened that you were there. And um and and we met. I remember that night. Yeah, I couldn't drive home. I <laughs> oh, really. <laughs> and you can still remember the night, which no, is yeah, well, which yeah, is good. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. you were a green sock. Yeah, right. So, like, I mean, I, who's this bloke? Yeah, like yeah, I, we yeah. we were in Tamworth um, earlier this year because I I actually retired from the industry mm-hmm. um, because I wanted to get more into comedy. 
Yeah. Because of the mental health element that the area that I work in, um, not professionally, but you yeah. know, going out bush and you know, just caring for people. Sure. Yeah. And the influence of laughing. So I wanted to get into more comedy. Plus, I had a gut full of the music industry. You know, at that mm-hmm. time, it was like, oh, you know, you're all uh, just. Nah, so I'm going to kill someone if I stay in this industry any longer because right. I'm just so. Anyway, I won't digress. <laughs> and so, um, I actually retired, and I, I was on the board of a, a foundation, Australian Horizons Foundation, mm-hmm. and the Mason Boys heard, and I knew Pete from when I was the chairman of the Music Managers Forum and yep. we did forums and you know, I think I met him at the corner and I can't remember, it's so long ago. And he rang one day and he said, we want to help because Clint is a third generation farmer. Right. And I was like, oh, really? So I said to him, hoping that I would put him off the scent, I said, well, there's two things, mate, you've bummed out. I said, I hate country music. <laughs> like, I, love, I love all music. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But country, just can't do it. Can't like, do just, it. Just, I'm a country girl, but I can't do country. Right. Um, Ironic. Mm. Yeah. And um, secondly, I've retired. Yeah. I'm more into, into, you know, I'm focused on my projects. Anyway, to cut a long story short, I manage them. And I've been managing them now for over a year. And I ended up in fucking Tamworth. <laughs> So, of course, all my mates, <laughs> you're sitting over there laughing. <laughs> all my mates are going, oh, Nice, what are you doing? Like, we knew you were going to be back, but with a country band. Yeah, right. But they're actually country southern rock. Yes. So if you can imagine George Thorogood meets Midnight Oil. Okay, um, yeah, cool. I don't know who sound. George Thorogood is, but I know who Midnight Oil is. You don't? Who's, you know George Thorogood. No, no. There's Everyone's got a, a blind spot, Anita. You don't know I don't, uh, I don't know George you Thorogood. You don't know George Thorogood. I've never heard that term before, no, no. Who's, is he an Australian or an American? He's an American musician. Is he? Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. I must be focused too much on the wrestling these days. I don't know who George, George Thorogood has been. I, I grew up on George. If, if you're going to drink whiskey, yes. bourbon, yes. beer. All these things. You have to have. You're going to have a party? Yeah, you put you on Georgie gotta boy. you got to have George Thorogood, man. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, so that's, that's, right. what, that's what they sound like. That's, this really, that's, that's what I love this show, man, because I'm going to write down. Look, I'm going to do it right now. G-E-O-R-G-E Thorogood. I have no idea how to spell that, but look. Boom. So if you can imagine, if the Mason boys are this amazing, eclectic, but raw, Aussie meets a little bit of American, but it's, it's an amazing sound. So yeah. they, they actually said to me, and this is a green sock story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they said to me, come to a show. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I rang, I rang a friend of mine who is totally not into music. So I thought, okay, I just need to have someone who hasn't got an ear, mm-hmm. who is just a fan. Um, she loves Lee Kernigan, so I was like, fuck me. I know, you know who that is. Oh, oh, <laughs> no, actually, we've got to be nice because we're trying to get the Mason boys under, onto the range and I'm getting there with the, with the producers, with Lee's producer on Triple M and so I've got to be nice if, if, if ever he uses. Yes. Anyway, if he is hearing this, pull your finger out because we need to get it on there. Yeah. Um, so I ended up in Tamworth mm. and there are all these white socks. I'm walking past and I was like, mm. white sock, white sock, white sock. And I was with a couple of people and it was like this, this, this lady who actually lives out on a farm. She's, I think her husband's fifth generation. Huh. She stopped me in the middle of Peel Street and she goes, white sock. Like, what the hell? 
Mm. I said, well, has anyone, has anyone actually, you know, really raised your interest? Any mm. of these musicians? She goes, no, not really. I said, that's because they're all white socks. Yeah, right. When, you, when I find that green sock, that's when I'll stop. They're which all kind which of we doing did. And she thing. Actually, this young girl, I actually was um, judge on one of the competitions. Yeah. Um, youth singer songwriting competitions mm. up in the top of Hogsbreath Cafe. So if you ever go into Tamworth, yeah. go to Hogsbreath. It's really? It's pretty, pretty damn good. Anyway, um, so she ended up actually getting up on stage with the Mason boys. Oh, right on. Mm. And they, they did a bit of an a cappella out in Peel Street as well. Cool. Clint, the lead singer, and all these people were stopping. And yeah. then Clint realised he was totally out of his range because, of course, this, this young lady, she's only, uh, she was only 17, but yeah. she was um, classically trained and the whole box and dice. And it was like, wow, like that's a green sock. Good so, vibe, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've sent her off on her way and I said, oh, Come back and see me in a couple of years if you keep my number mm-hmm. so she can grow. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember um, uh, after we met, I, I did a whole bunch of shows for you up in uh, Bendigo. Uh, mostly, I think, like at the Shamrock Hotel. Yeah, when I was looking after the Shamrock. Yeah, I started music in there when the new owner took over many, many moons ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think even eventually um, there was like a, a blues festival up in Bendigo um, <clears throat> and part mm-hmm. of the show was up. Upstairs. Upstairs. Yeah, we had Ross Wilson and like 8-Ball Aiken. Ball Aiken. Yeah, 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 I remember that guy. I yeah. actually caught up with 8-Ball in Tamworth. Hadn't mm-hmm. seen him for years and we were reminiscing as well. Because, yeah. You know, I remember like 8-Ball coming down from Queensland, from up Cairns Way. Yeah. Um, in, his, in his Hyundai. Real tour with dog. His, with his then manager slash partner. They're no longer together. Sure. Yeah. Um, and getting him shows for like 250 bucks because, you know, nobody else, like you couldn't get any more for no. an original, you know, because venues don't like to pay for someone to actually, I mean, they don't like to pay anyway, but yeah. to, to actually do their own Own material, <laughs> own it's a lot but, harder, yeah. Yeah, so I caught up with him and he lives part-time over in Nashville and part-time here. And yeah. Actually, he'd be perfect for over there, yeah. Oh, he's... Uh, the. The work that he has done is amazing. Yeah. And you know, my daughter, my youngest daughter, she was only 13, 14, somewhere around there. Yeah. And um, if, you, if you watch April Aitken's Outback Booty Call. Right. The video and I, clip. Yeah. Yep. And, and I said to him, hey, I've got this really cool idea. Yeah. Like, my daughter could be the booty call. Right? <laughs> and I'm thinking, I can't believe I'm actually... Anybody else's daughter wouldn't care, but I couldn't, couldn't believe that I was saying, you know, yeah, I'll dress her in skim... Anyway, she- terrible mother model. <laughs> but and so she's in the clip. She's in the clip. Oh, but, gosh. But the funny thing about that was, is because I love, I love being involved with film clips and I, like I, we do documentaries and I produce stuff. And, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> I took her into this lingerie shop. Oh gosh! <laughs> Bendigo. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's got to be, it's it's got to be this. And the lady's like, oh. And I said, yeah, it's got to fit her. Oh, she's going to be the, you know, the person who's going to wear it is dressed like her. Yeah, yeah. I said, no, 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 she's going to wear it <laughs> yes. in a film clip. Yeah. So we so we got that and we jumped on a plane and we drove up. Uh, no, we we flew into Brisbane. We drove down to I think it was. Oh, I can't remember. It was out on station. Hmm. And um, did this film clip. It was hot, so hot. Like my hair like, was just so humid. Yeah. My hair's just going springy. Her <laughs> hair's just going. 
Anyway, we did this film clip, but this film clip has now been had millions of views all over. Wow. All over, and Qantas was playing it at one stage. Gee, April Aiken, really? <laughs> with my with my baby coming down the stairs <laughs> and then rolling the rolling the April on the pool table and Far out. just being a right little cocktease and yeah, yeah. and then at the end. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's eight ball with my daughter, and my daughter's holding a baby that we borrowed from someone. I don't even know where the baby came from because oh we're in the gosh. middle of nowhere. Yeah. So where did you shoot it? Um, in Brizzy. It was. It, we we left Brisbane and we just kept driving. Right. And we ended up out on this station, this 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 house and this barn, and we had we had to bring in two barn. I sound like American, don't I? Um, <laughs> We, we had to bring in these two utes and we had to put them tail end to tail end. Okay. And we had to put mattresses. So we didn't, we, cu- we couldn't find any mattresses. And we, I, I don't know whose house it was. But anyway, they found mattresses in the house and they bought them out. Yeah. And they stacked them up, stacked the utes up. Yeah. Because um, Hayley was dragged through the window. Okay. Like, no, no, that's right. Hayley was standing inside the window and eight ball, that's right, we changed it, and eight ball literally jumped through the window. Right. So if we didn't put anything there, he would have ended up on the ground. And oh, he, okay. So we, yeah, so he ended up landing on his <laughs> mattresses in his old use. Far out. Well, if you're listening, guys, make sure you check out that um, that video clip. What was the name of the track? Out, Outback Booty Call. Outback Booty Call by Aiken. by April Aiken. Most so yeah, definitely. so we caught up with him for the first yeah. time in ages. In, yeah, yeah. But that 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 uh, Blues and Roots that was that was really good. Well, I actually went back to the Blues and Roots festival like years years later because this would have been like t- 2005, I reckon, when when you got me there. Um, I think I was performing and I was pulling double duty that day. I was doing sound. <laughs> And then yeah. also um, performed. But then I went back there um, years later um, with uh, a blues rock band called Smokestack Rhino, mm-hmm. who um, I'm not with anymore, but we did we did that twice. And um, I was just blown away by how many... Because that was like the blues scene for me, I'd, I'd never really experienced it before. Um, I mean, obviously I played that one show and kind of got a little bit of a taste of it back then. But then... After that, um, for for my for my playing days uh, with the pass outs, it was very much like a Melbourne based band. You know, mm. we just we just played Melbourne. Um, you know, because we're not blues, we couldn't really get ourselves on any blues mm. festivals mm. like that. You know, um, and then seeing um, then you know kind of coming full circle and going back to Bendigo and doing that those shows with Smokestack, it was like wow, this is like a whole. It's a whole community. Like the whole, like it's, Australians love the blues scene, man. Well, like let, it's huge. Let, let me let me t- take you right back to the beginning, mm. right? Um, I was the I was uh, secretary and vice president of the Easter Festival mm-hmm. for many years, and I actually was one of a couple of other ladies who saved the Easter Festival right back twenty odd years ago when the public liability was going through the roof. Ah, and at that point there was no no live music. Yeah, and it was. I often used to think, you know, God, you know, a festival with no live music, like, yeah, it's a cultural festival, which is really cool. So, I didn't jump on the committee with the intent of actually bringing music into the whole thing. Yeah, and at that time, I was involved with a lot of other festivals, Newcastle Blues Festival, and a lot of other community festivals. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, we saved it. We we saved it because the council ended up auspicing it. And I said, look, you know, I really, I, I'd like to start the Bull Street Rock and Blues. And so we, we did that. Yeah. Um, the following year, uh, I said, look, it's not fair that two venues, actually the only ones that are 
benefiting financially. Yeah. No, no business in town should benefit over the other one in that time. Fair enough. So at that time, I had a big black truck, um, had access to a big black truck with a big stage that opened up. I don't know if you ever saw it or played on it, did you? I don't think no. so, no, yeah. Um, Cat Witch and a few other bands back in the day, they did. They played on it, yeah. Um, and uh, we actually played. We actually put it in the in the old Bendigo Jail in the in the exercise yard yep. when it was decommissioned. Nearly locked the historic ball of round the jail down when it reversed out, but that's not the story. It didn't. We just pff, kind of like <laughs> yeah, and we're going no anyway. And um, so we 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 moved the truck over into the gardens and and we got a sponsor and all the rest of it. And we bought up taxi ride and and. Um, Oh, there was oh, God, I can't remember now, but I know Taxi Ride was there. Yeah, Jace yeah, was there. Because <clears throat> that's and where the the festival is now in the gardens. No, no, it's back in it's back in Bull Street. Oh, is it really? Yeah. So oh. anyway, there was a a pub near there. I won't mention who, but anyway, somebody got the shits up and got me out. But <laughs> at that time, at that particular that particular time, is when I um, started that with with in the Shamrock with Wilson oh. and, and and all the rest of it up the top there but it never ha- it hasn't happened to that magnitude since anyway then yeah. then um, obviously people put their heads together and the blues festival was started which is fantastic i don't have mm. anything to do with it okay but, um i'm just very grateful to the people who put all the hard work in because yeah. You know, in this industry, there's a lot of, oh, I'm not doing that because they're doing that or, you know, there's a lot of tall poppy stuff, whereas mm. I don't care. Like, I just want music to be heard. I just want comedians to be working and making, yeah. making people laugh. Yeah. And I take my hat off to each and every person that's out there doing something in some capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I remember that we, when we played it, um, they had us on top of like a building like in a car park. And they'd set up in like, Bendigo, yeah, yeah. yeah, at the at the Rifle Brigade Hotel. No, it was just like a it was just like a building, and at the top of it was it was like a car park, like a, it was felt like I was playing on top of like a shopping centre car park. At the Shamrock. Um, no, not at the Shamrock. It was like uh-huh. off. Yeah, it was. Where would that be? I have no idea, but it wasn't even anywhere near the Coles? town centre. Coles. And they up set up like um, they'd set up like hay bales and stuff, and they had a stage. I'll show you the photos later. The Coles car park, it's maybe the only place in Bendigo that sounds like that. But it was set up like as a freezer event. So it was an underage thing for all like uh, the kids yeah, it that was, come it was, to. It was, I'd say, it was probably the Coles car park. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, far out, man. And so, yeah, tell us about the acts that you, you're currently working with now. Um, so you, you did mention the Mason Brothers, but the comedians? Mason Boys. The Mason Boys, sorry, yeah. Are they brothers? No. No? No, no. Um, uh, John, one of the guitarists, and Pete, the drummer, they started the Mason Boys. Mm-hmm. And then along came Huck, and then along came Lynchy, and then along came Clint. Yeah, right. And so it's just, it's kind of a new relationship with those guys. It's only uh, been about been a year. Out for three years, four years. But you've only been looking after them for I, about a year. Yeah, just over a year, yeah. Yeah, right on, yeah. And yeah. What, what are they currently working on? They've released an album, they're working towards an they've, album. No, they've, they released um, they released Feels Like Home. Mm-hmm. And then on Australia Day, they actually released This Land, which is actually written for the foundation for our farmers. Okay. So all profits go back to the foundation, which so is all singles? mental health. Um, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, of course, when I got hold of them, um, I went back and revisited my old buddies. So, Helmut Wolf from Wolf Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I messaged him and I went, Oi, 
check these guys out. And he goes, not into country. And I went, no am I, but just listen to them. Just check it out. And so, yeah, so now they're on all the global distribution points around the world. Yep, yep. Um, and I have never, ever worked with an act where my phone rings for bookings. Right. As much as it does with these guys. Mm. And, like, there's only one date left for this year. Yeah, booked. right. Last year, same thing. They were booked out. Jeez. Um, they've done their headlining, the day stage at Denny Ute Muster. Oh, wow. And that's their second year there. Yeah. So they did it two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Lee Kernigan was there, I think, that year. Yeah. Uh, this year, there's Tim McGraw and Russ Wilson and a few others. Yeah, right on. Uh, when they did Tamworth earlier this year, they did uh, seven shows in nine days. Jeez. And it was just like this whole tsunami of people that was just following. You walk up and people are like, I saw you here and I saw you here and I saw yeah, you here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got uh, Kix FM. They, they, uh, they're all around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, they're supporting. Yeah. They're huge supporters. And yeah. And so it's just been two singles so far. They haven't <laughs> released a full length yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah, right. No. Oh, no, they've, they've had an EP. Oh, an EP. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they've got like Whiskey Time and um, mm. yeah, there's, it's, 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 a, it's a fun band. It's, yeah. And, there's, and they're older blokes. Sure. So there's no egos. Yes. And I laid the law down in the beginning. I went, guys, if, you know, if, there, if there's egos, I'm walking. I just, I'm yeah, not into it. Shit. Yeah, yeah. But no, they're good. They're, um, they're really, really nice guys. And the beautiful part about it is, is that uh, Huck, and Lynchy, mm. the, the the bass player and the guitarist, um, they're both amazing guitarists and bass. Well, Lynchy's guitarist as well. Yeah. In their own right, and so I've given them some shows as well as a mm. duo and, and a single. Nice. As a solo, but um, yeah, they're just top blokes. Oh, that's great. That's good to hear, Anita. Um, and you were saying also that you're looking after some um, comedians at the moment. Yes, I work yeah. with Justin Fleming or Flemo as, Flemo as we love him. Yeah. Um, I've worked with all, all sorts of comedians over the years. I toured Bruno Latour and Chris Franklin and, mm-hmm. oh, Chris and, a, and a lot of the other ones. Yeah. Troy Kinney's done some shows for us. Yeah. Um, Flemo is an amazing bloke. He was front man for Pegasus. Melbourne okay, band. yeah, you were saying Pegasus before, but it didn't it, it didn't oh, really? register for okay, me. Okay, yeah, right, yeah. right, George Thorogood down yeah, and, and now Pegasus. Pegasus as well. I've got some right. I've got some homework out of oh, doing these listeners. guys these guys have they, they played all over all over the world, Europe. Yeah, Wacken, right. The whole box and dice. What kind of tunes was it? Was it metal or rock? Oh metal, like, like Metal. Yeah. It sounds metal name, me, me, yeah, Pegasus. Yeah, Pegasus is um Yeah. Yeah. If you think of uh Well actually I actually heard and I I don't know how much truth's in it, but uh, Lord, you remember Lord, the metal band from Melbourne? Oh. No, I thought you were going to say Lord that. Not Lord as in the other, no. The, the New yeah. Zealand bird. No. No, no okay, no. there was a, a metal band okay. called Lord. Right, write that one down as, as well. As well, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and the interesting thing about working with, the, re- the reason why I, I, I mean, I love, I love the metal. I love progressive you know, metal and all that stuff. It's yeah. just amazing, and Flemo's vocally is just amazing, and mm. like he's he, he's such a gorgeous bloke. Like, and to look at, he's just like, oh. yeah, right. <laughs> if I was only younger, anyway. Yeah. And um, he he was frontman, and I used to go down to the Tote and a few other the Hi-Fi Bar and whatever, and just to you know check him out, check Pegasus out because it was they were just an amazing, band, yeah. amazing band, and. Um, 
then I then I ended up working with Friar Rush, which was a Sydney prog rock band, mm-hmm. um, which resonated a lot. Vocally, it was very different. Like Justin yeah. was, he was vocally, he was trained classically. Yeah. Whereas Flemo was just a hard ass, like <laughs> growl, like but but very but the clarity was amazing. It wasn't like the emo growl. It was the yeah, more of a. a, a an authentic kind yeah. of tone to yeah. his voice. Yeah, and yeah, it was very, yeah. very, very powerful. Right. And, and his range was amazing. Like, he had so much voice control. Sure. In fact, in some of his comedy comedy shows now, he'll just break out in this song and everyone's like, what the hell? What's going on? He's a <laughs> singer too. We have this too. singing comedian. Yeah, yeah. 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 And um, so I actually bumped into him at the Comics Lounge. Mm-hmm. Many years ago, when I was working with Bruno Lucia, yeah, from All Together Now, the Chicky Babe guy, <laughs> yeah, Chicky Babe, and yeah. Uh, yeah, and he and and Flemo was there. Right. He's like, what are you doing here? And I went, What the fuck are you doing here? Yeah, and it was just it just went from there. Yeah. So what we do is we uh, Flemo is my wingman, mm-hmm. and because um, we're all about making sure that um, the entertainers are getting getting work. That's number one. But yes. The progression of our industry um, is is happening. So yeah. the mentoring and you know, so he goes he goes and keeps an eye on on who's who's doing what in open mics and any good ones. So yeah, we have a a three tag show where we have um, where we have Flemo and then he brings up a headliner, mm-hmm. and um, then somebody who's just given it a crack an up-and-comer yeah which is yeah. which is cool and it's really good watching them come through the, the the younger ones come through yeah and um you know i'll say to him you know they're a green sock get them to headline yeah right and it's like it boosts their you know mentally because again mental health you know it's not yeah. just about the person on the receiving end of that entertainment element that the, the entertainer has applied their craft in but it's about the mental health of the entertainer as well. As well, yeah. And uh, comedians and musicians, there's 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 not much difference in how they can slide. They can either slide one way, mm. and of course that then comes into the whole drug, alcohol, self yeah. self belief thing, or it can yeah. go the other way where they just feel on top of the world. But yeah. It's a very bipolar industry. Most which, definitely, man. Look, I yeah. uh, having. Um, I mean, when I started this, you, you mentioned before we started the pod. You know why I started this um, this podcast, and initially it was just you know um, because I love the medium. I love listening to podcasts, and I thought, well, I, I could maybe do that and maybe bring something different to um, to the medium because we don't really have. Uh, interview style, like a long form interview style podcast um, in Melbourne um, to, to talk to musicians and performers and, and all that kind of thing. But uh, since doing the podcast for so long, like it's been over a year now, um, as I talk to musicians and, and wrestlers and, and performers, um, it's very interesting to see like how much like some musicians go from band to band to band to band, like, and they, they, they really uh, evolve throughout the years with their with their craft and with their you know um, uh, with their playability and their mus- musicality and all that kind of stuff. But then there's other musicians that really like a stayers. Like they'll they'll play with one band for quite mm. a long time and and then only move on when it's completely outlasted. Like Rusty and Pete and Richard Mary. Well, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I was going to get to that. So you got you mentioned earlier that you actually worked with them back back early early days. How when did you first meet Rusty? Um. How did I meet him? I actually think I asked Jace from Taxi Ride, who was friends with 
Rusty. Yeah, they're If friends, they knew yeah. of a band, because I was doing a tour for a guy. Oh, God. It would have been... Like the 90s, wouldn't it? 15 years ago, at least. Oh, okay. The, the noughties. Yeah, yeah. At least. Yeah. And, um... Well, because... Uh, Jack was with them. Electric uh, Mary was around 2005, 2004. That's yeah. when they started. Yeah, well, I reckon they'd only just started because they actually played Ball Street. Um, that's when I met Flea. Yeah. Um, What's Ball Street? Ball Street, the rock and blues in Ball Street in Bendigo. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah, played yeah. there. That was yeah. the first year. That was the, that was the very first year. Huh. Um, <clears throat> Were they playing at electric as Electric Mary at that yeah, time? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so it was a brand new And then I actually put them on to another show. I, I, I remember taking them to, I think it was Shepherd and they only played to like... 30 people. Yeah, right. It was really sad. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, yeah. Hey, every band's got to start somewhere, man, even though they came from really big bands, you yeah. know, um, well, in well, their Jack own right. Well, Jack was with them. Erwin, Erwin was with them. Erwin was there, man, from yeah. the start. Yeah, yeah. Far out, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've seen those guys, you know, many, many times, and, you know, I was lucky enough to um, to be part of their uh, their most recent album launch at the Memo Music Hall. We did, like, a, a live podcast interview, which was just wild. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. loved it. I really threw myself into it you know I, I researched a whole bunch of stuff because i'd already interviewed you know brett and rusty and pete but i'd never interviewed um uh the other two guys and i was like oh you know what am i going to ask those guys and da, 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 da. but it was really fun and i was just so grateful that they let you gave me that opportunity mm. you know because um they're down to earth guys yeah really so does really. that mean i'm going to see you at the corner on the 29th for when, to see when electric mary play at the corner the, is is that on the 29th of june mm. Mate, I, I most likely will be it's there. It's either June or July. I can't remember. It's in my <laughs> phone. I'll be there. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> I'll message you. Yeah, I man. will see you there. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. Rusty said, "Get your tickets early. Get, get, come on down." And it's and like, see course it. you will. Yeah, yeah, that's the old, that's the oldest muse line in the book. Get in there. <laughs> yeah, you don't want it to sell out, man. <laughs> no, that's right. Get in quick. Yeah, oh, that's, that's right. I'll just sneak through the back door. Right. <laughs> that's only Do you know who actually started the corner hotel. Who started it? Wayne Gale. Oh, Wayne Guitar- Gale. Guitarist of the Party Animals. The Party Animals, yeah, yeah. He's on my book face. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've never met him, but I, I uh, know you want to. You want to do a podcast? You get him in this seat where I'm sitting. Gale, he'll have some stories Wayne to tell. Wayne Gale is your man. Right, he'll certainly he have is, the stories. He's got, he's got photos of uh, when um, uh, Mick Jagger came in to, and had a jam. Yeah, right. Party Animals apparently with a house band of the corner. Ah, and he started the Corner Hotel. He started the Corner Hotel. Wow. Well, definitely getting there. There was a little bit of Wayne. politics that went in a few years later as, a, as bullshit does roll with some sure, idiots. Yeah. But I'm not saying that Wayne's the idiot, but there mm. was some things go sour. But yeah, no, he started it. There you go, man. Mm. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, Electric Merry Boys. Uh, uh, you, you know, if you, if you want to just go out and have a great night out, listen to some really good tunes. And have your ears bleed. And have your ears bleed. And remember <laughs> your, your earplugs, folks, because you'll definitely need them. If you've never seen Electric Mary live, you definitely Drive need to bring Drive up the and I'll be like, why won't this radio go up anymore? <laughs> Far out, man. Yeah, you most definitely need to bring the earplugs when you go see those boys. Yeah. They, uh, they, they certainly know how to turn it up to 11. Well, that, that's, I think that's why I love the Mason. Boys, because they're, right. cause they're like you know, play it loud or go home. Yeah, really. But it's not loud as in like it's like oh, what the hell? But it's like so so synchronized, so clear. Yeah. It's like with these guys, you know, every every plant has been positioned. 
you mm. know it's the, the garden just blooms on yeah. stage when when these guys when these guys jump play, on just, just like electric mary because well, i remember i was um uh before the launch um i went into one of their rehearsals uh top for just to grab like an advanced copy of the cd so that i could do a little bit of research on the new album and i got to kind of be a fly in the wall for a couple of songs while they were rehearsing and i've been in a lot of bands over a lot of years and you know um you know we all have our own thing but just to see another band how they interact with each other while they're rehearsing was very kind of eye-opening, you know, especially when as a, as a fan of these guys for so many years, you know, um, seeing them from uh, an audience member's point of view, but then seeing them in like their more natural mm. habitat, mm. you know, relaxed, kind of nutting out parts and stuff. Oh, we should do this here. We should do that there. It was very, very cool. I actually drove to Sydney once just to see, just to surprise them. Oh, is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they were playing up there and you're like, you know what, I'm going to go see Electric Mary. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, yeah. you know what? So I rang, rang a couple of friends of mine in Sydney and I went, Yeah. I'll be there in about 10 hours. And I was like, yeah. okay. It's like, <laughs> we're going to go down and see Electric Mary. And they're going. And they would have been chuffed, eh? Sweet. Are they uh, blown we, away? We, we actually were because I think I, I think I only told Flea. I think it was the, I told, I, I'm pretty sure it was only Flea that I told. Mm. Yeah, and Rusty's like, "What the hell? <laughs> what are you doing here?" Yeah, yeah. No, and then Pete, I bumped in. I bumped into him when I was at the airport. Yeah, right. Um, many uh, back in two thousand and sixteen, when I was running for a particular political party, mm -hmm. and we just all got off the off the plane, and we were standing around waiting. And of course, there's Pete. There's like, Pete. What are you doing here? What are you doing? <laughs> Yeah. Just waiting for my bags. Doing another show. Yeah. yeah, man. Well, talking about the touring days, we, we are going to wrap it up a little in a little bit. But before we do, I wanted to ask you, because um, we did hear that absolute corker at the start of the pod where you got your stuff broken into um, in the back of Burke, so to speak. Um, but were there any other stories in the back of your mind that you think we might get a chuckle out of um, when you've been touring with, with different acts? It was way too many. Too I should, many? I should have thought about this. I should have thought about it on the way down. Have something in the back of your mind? <sighs> so remember, we you were working with a young bloke called Jordan Allen. Jordan Allen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did any, any anything funny happen with him on the road? Because um, he was young. He was very young. Yeah. yeah he Is he still playing music? I think so, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Far out. Yeah. See, what happens is, is, is musicians can outgrow their managers and vice versa. Yeah, right. And when that happens, you just got to roll with it. Mm, mm. You know, you can't take it personal. No, that's it. Um, funny things that have happened. <laughs> I've stumped you. There's a lot of things that I that I can't say. Why can't you say? Oh, I've got one. When when we were two, okay, okay, I got you one. You got one. There we go. One. We I got, got one. There. I got one. Cool. All right. So I'll set the scene. Okay. Do it, man. I had another Commodore. Okay. Right? It's like, fuck it. This other one was jinxed. I'm going to get a, get, get a Commodore. I sent it a was theme white. here. Yeah. Um, but this time I had a five-poster bull bar. Oh, okay. And um, because I travelled out bush. You would need and, it. And, you know, roos and bull bars don't really mix. Mm. So, and you don't run over you don't run over anything dead on the road. No. No, because I'll, before I go into this one, yes. here's another scene for you. So yeah. anyone that's drinking a cup of coffee, put it down now. Yeah. Driving along highway in the middle of bumfucker nowhere. Yeah. Semis coming, <gasps> like B triples, not not just 
not just little trucks, bead triples. Yes. And grey nomads everywhere. And bead triples and grey nomads, they don't mix. Right. Like Caravanners and bee triples on a, on a high, skinny highway doesn't, doesn't mix. No. And then, then there's all the kangaroos. Yes. So we're driving along and there was a caravan in front, but of course it was a higher, higher up. So of course we didn't see that there was an animal, on, a dead animal on the road. Right. And I couldn't swerve until I saw it. And I couldn't go anywhere, otherwise I'd go off the edge and then yeah. there was a semi coming towards me. Right. So I just drove over it. Had to drive over it. And, of course, the guts exploded. <gasps> so we got to Mudderborough, which is in far north Queensland. Yes. Or, sorry, centre west Queensland. Yes. And um, I went into the into the servo, which I knew the, I knew the people there because we'd been there before and done shows. Sure. And I went, do you have a pressure washer? And he goes, what for? And I said, because it fucking stinks. <gasps> like it's, it's hot and the air conditioner was on. It was, it was, the smell was coming through. And, all, blah, blah, blah. and yeah. yeah, so that was like, so if ever you see anything in the middle of the road, don't run over it with your tyres because no. the bones will actually puncture your tyre. Tyre, yeah. And don't run over the guts of it and it gets into your grill because it just wafts through the car. But anyway, so here's oh, us. We're man. driving along. It's a 40-odd degree day, hot northerly winds. Yeah. In the middle of somewhere, we are going up the river where we broke down, I can't remember, but we we're going up Murray River, mm. and I had um, I had Flemo, yep, had my roadie, had another comedian, and a volunteer, right, a young lady, and the car broke down, <laughs> so pulled over on the side of the road, yeah, and luckily I had coverage. Oh, because yeah, most times you don't when you're out that up far. there, yeah. So I ring up the RACV. Sweet. So everyone gets out of the car, lights up a cigarette. And Flamo's got this, he's very, uh, he's got this thing about his, he used to be a porn star. What? Right, yes. And he's actually, he's actually Damien Fleming's brother, but that's another story. Okay. And uh, so he's got this thing about. Is, that, is it a football player? Oh, he's a cricketer. Damien Fleming. I, I knew Australia's it was sports best. sounding. Right, name, name that, write that name down as well. David so I'm sitting there in the in behind the driver's seat. Yeah. Ringing the RACV. Now, as I was saying, Flemo's got, he used to be a porn star. Right. He's got this thing about his cock. Okay. Right. As most and men do. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> the term get your cock out to him yeah. is basically, literally. Get your cock out. Virtually get your cock out. Right, right. Anyway, on stage as well, but that's that, that's one of his party tricks. Anyway, so Jeepers. I'm there and I'm on the phone. And I'm going, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. I've broken down. This is where I am. I'm near this road, and you know, and I look up, and all I see is Flemo with his schlong, and he's belting it on the five post of Bulba. Oh my god! And <laughs> I yell out, I, I I have this biggest laugh that was like, oh my god, Flemo, put it away. Oh my god, the, it's hot. Right? <laughs> You'll burn it. And and oh, the, the volunteer sitting in the back, she was only a young lady, yeah. and she's like, oh, what is he doing? <laughs> Look how big he is. And, uh, <laughs> and this lady on the other end of the RACV, yeah. she's like, oh, do you guys need an ambulance? <gasps> Are you all okay? Yes. I like, just sent the fucking tow truck. You? <laughs> and she must have told. <laughs> she must have told the tow truck operator. Yeah. Because 
because afterwards I told her what had happened. Right? Yes, yes. And the tow truck operator comes up, walks up and says, who's Flemo? And yeah. Flemo goes, I'm Flemo. And he goes, well, keep your fucking cock in your pants <laughs> if you're going to get in my truck. <laughs> so was the mate who was with him a dared him to do it or something? No, no, no it was just him, just Flemo. He was just... He was, just Flemo. He was just feeling it. He was, it. He was like, I could probably put my cock on this right now. Yeah, he was, that, and he was, that might be a bit of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is wild. <laughs> That, 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 there's been other wild things, but I'm not going to go there. No, that's oh, look, certainly look at the, a good the, one. The though. old, the old, the old saying of what happens on tour stays on tour. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you know, back in the days of you know big riders and um, you know, lots of grog and yeah, we were doing a we were, we were talking about lots of grog. Yeah, we were doing a uh, country race meeting show um, when I was working with. Alan Barnes mm-hmm. and our um, our drummer, he had the nice the nice moulded plastic cases for his drum kit. Oh yeah yeah right? yeah. You know the ones that I'm talking about. They're the not nice soft cases. Lid? Yeah, they're yeah. moulded. Yeah yeah. They're anyway, hard cases. We, they they kept bringing the the rider into us. Right. And and like we had two tubs of grog. Jeez. And Alan turns around. And he goes, "How are we going to get all this grog home?" Yeah. And he goes, I don't. He walks over to the drummer, <laughs> takes all of his drum kits out. <laughs> and starts putting it in there. Pouring it all in, into his cases. Yeah. And the drummer comes in and goes, what, what how the fuck am I going to get the drums home? Yeah. I don't care. He says, look at all the grog that we've got. <gasps> no. <laughs> Priorities. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And he's, <laughs> so poor drummer's just loading his drum kit without yeah. its, its protection into the back yeah. of the tour van. And look, I think the biggest, the, the, the most amount of fun that you have is after. Yeah. Because of... Like I work with some really cool venues. Yeah. And we have a lot of fun. Yeah. And these guys just absolutely love the fact that they don't have to do anything. Like we provide them with the posters and PR and the whole social media thing, which is really, really important. Yeah. <coughs> um, and I think most of the fun happens after the show. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, four or five o'clock in the morning and it's like, better go to bed. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you've got to do it all again the next day or, yeah. or the following and day. Yeah, and that brings me into one other thing that I just wanted to say is that mm. it's not all fun and glory. Yeah. Um, being on the road can be very tough. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I've seen I've seen troops start out friends and have punch-ons. Yeah. Um, I've seen guys start not really liking each other but absolutely having the respect for each other afterwards. Yeah. So it can go either way. Um, I've seen guys absolutely just abuse themselves with, you know, oh, we're on the road party, yeah, you know, with the grog and the and and the drugs, which, you know, more for them. But all in all, if you look after yourself, mind, body, and soul, and this is what I say to all of my guys that I tour, yeah, and I've I've killed cars, literally killed the motors, yes. Um, and I've ended up with bursitis in my hip and mm. stuffed back, and now mm. I can't lift anything. So I always have to have a roadie with me now. Someone with you, yeah. Um, it is it is taxing on your body, and it can be taxing on your mind, yeah. and it can be taxing on relationships. So all I can say is, anybody who is a musician or a comedian or wants to go out on the road, yeah, just be prepared for all the highs and the lows, yeah, and make sure that you've got a a, a good support network back home mm. and an even better support network on the road. Yeah, it's important, man. And especially, you know, I mean, you, you're going to do, you have to take the good with the bad when you're on the road. Like, you know, we were doing shows sometimes and 
you'd play a festival and it's this big high, like you're playing all these people and it's amazing. But before or after that, you've just gone and played a pub to like 20 people. Yeah. And it's just like, man, you know, they can't all be great shows. You have to kind of take the good with the bad and, mm. and, and you have to be very understanding of everyone's um, kind of uh, ticks that they have on the road as well. Exactly. You know? And a lot of the work that we do, like we do, we do um, quiz nights. So we have the face of Beef It Up Australia. We have Flemo. Um, that's all about mental health. Yeah. The boys, they talk mental health as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're all focused on the, the, the punters. Yes. On, the, on their mental health. But at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, making sure that they look after each other and loving each other. Yeah. And are you okay? And, you know, as, as it was mentioned on Saturday night um, at one of, the, one of the venues, you know, as our scrutineer says, <laughs> you know, just look after each other. Yeah. You know? And so, of course, our musicians are going from that creative mode and then going really serious and then going back into creative mode. Right. But it's that whole, it's that whole yin and yang that they have to have that affirmation themselves. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what I love about the Mason Boys and with Flemo yeah. you know, and the mob that I'm working with now. At the moment, yeah. So any, any band members that are listening to this, you know, it's not just about the music, it's about your mates as well. Because mm. as we know... Um, we lose, you know, musicians and comedians check out early as well. Yeah, it's way too early. High uh, mortality rate in the entertainment industry, mm. and the, um, it's it's certainly a good thing that you're doing, um, Anita, uh, to raise awareness for these kind Thank of you. issues. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if people do want to get in contact with you about um, all of the initiatives that you're currently working on, um, you did mention the Mason uh, boys. They've got, obviously got the Instagram, the Facebook, yep. the Spotify, yep. all that. Yep. So just look for them there. Um, and uh, the comedian Flemo, where can we find him? Um, Justin Fleming Comedian. Justin Fleming Comedian. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. And uh, the campaign that we have which is you know any any musicians any comedians any any pub any they can all get involved it's called mm-hmm. beef it up australia beef it up australia yeah. sweet on, on on facebook so. on facebook mm. beautiful paying homage to our farmers every stakeholder every stakeholder mm-hmm. yeah right From on. to plate yeah right so even the milk even the milk <laughs> even the sugar even the coffee yeah even the steel right because miners are farmers. A farmer is organic. Yeah. Well, without that infrastructure and agriculture, I mean, no one would have That's right. any goods or services. And it was so. the face of Beef It Up Australia that actually brought that to our attention the other night. So we actually have a, another guest here in the studio um, the, this afternoon, this evening, whenever you're listening to the, this Art of Touring listeners. We have Tim, the face of Beef It Up Australia. He's been, he's been uh, chuckling uh, at our stories today. <laughs> How are you, Tim? Thank you, mate, yourself. Yeah, good, good. And, um, uh, yeah, so if, if you have been listening and you've heard a little bit of background noise, that's just Tim in the background <laughs> just listening on to our conversation today. Yeah. Um, Anita, it's been so great getting to um, reconnect with you today. And, Thank and you. Same here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and hearing some of your road stories. <laughs> <laughs> there were some crackers in there. And, um, yeah, the, the, I think the, the take You're never going to look at a five-poster bull bar the same, are you? <laughs> My mate has a big truck with a bull bar on it. Next time I see him, like, have you ever put your cock on that, mate? No. Nah. I know someone who has. Why? Because 
Because why not, you know? There you go. <laughs> oh, thank you so much again for coming in. Thank and you for having me. We will see you on the road. Absolutely. See you later, Anita. See ya. Thanks, Ciao. Dave. And that's a wrap, Sizzlers, episode 62 in the bag. Thanks for listening. If you did enjoy this episode, give the podcast a share on social media. Go on. Use the hashtag. We've got a hashtag on the only one who bloody uses it. But, you know, if you want to use it too, throw it out there into the universe. You never know what might come back. The hashtag is Art of Touring Podcast on Instagram. And give us a follow at Art of Touring Podcast. If you are a first-time listener to the show, I hope you come on back next week or maybe even delve into the archives. Uh, I have a new guest on each week, so you are most welcome to come on back. If you'd like to get in contact with me, please email me directly at artofduringpodcast at gmail.com. Maybe you'd like to come on the show or uh, maybe you have someone in mind that you think would be a good fit for the show. Please email me at artofduringpodcast at gmail.com. As I said already, there you go. You got it twice this week. Uh, you can listen to Art of Turing on Wooshka and you can download it on iTunes and Google Podcast app on your Android device. If you did enjoy this podcast, this episode, or any of the episodes, really, please take a minute to give the podcast a rating. Get out your phone, hit five stars, and write a little short review. That would be rad. Now let's get into some plugs. I'll be back at the Black Swan next weekend. Not this weekend, not tomorrow, but next weekend, uh, Friday the 5th of July and Saturday the 6th of July, uh, for a back-to-back double header. So come on down on either of those nights from 7pm to hear old mates mash out those acoustic tunes. Uh, the outro music, which you will hear in a moment, uh, for The Art of Touring is a song called Start a Fire by The Pass Outs, uh, which is available to stream on Spotify or download on iTunes. You can grab the whole debut album by The Pass Outs on all digital platforms. And if you'd like to grab a physical copy on either CD or glorious coloured vinyl or regular coloured vinyl, go to thepassoutsband.bandcamp.com where you can get all our merchandise needs and all your merchandise needs, including T-shirts, stickers, posters and even some skateboards. That's all from me this week. Before I go, I do have a few shout-outs as always. Shout-out! Shout-out! Hey, Chris! Shout out to Chris Wall, who designed the artwork for the show. You can follow him on Instagram at Mr. Wall, spelled W-A-H-L. Big thanks to my guest this week, Anita Donlan. Be sure to check out Anita's social channels, uh, the Mason Boys, who she's looking after at the moment on Spotify, Facebook, Instagram, all the regular channels there to check out those lads. And be sure to check out Beef It Up Australia as well. That's all from me this week. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time for another episode of Art of Touring with the Sis Dog. Oh, oh, oh! And remember, this week's podcast was brought to you by Data Palooza, where you may just meet the girl of your dreams. <laughs>